0: Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the Fateful and for the Fateful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce, how are you doing?
1: Ah, David, how are you tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Seems a lot like last night. I'm in a boat. Groundhog mood. Day. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. This is a, w- <laughs> you know, I've been saying the Orders are a weird team. They're not. They're a crappy defensive hockey team is what they are. And uh, they showed it again tonight. They gave up, they, they created 20 grade a shots. And most of them, you know, almost half of them on the power play. And, but they, they gave up 20 grade a shots to the Chicago Blackhawks and the, the Blackhawks sliced them open again and again and again. And um, yeah, the order just are a crappy defensive team and it's, a, and it's, it's everybody on the team at this point. Um just uh, as I was saying before we did podcast start, they really miss Adam Larson. They they that you know, that shutdown defenseman. They ain't got him, and it's showing. And they are getting they are leaking grade A shots. And I don't they don't have the answer. So anyway. Bruce, this is I've our seen two
1: shutdown goalie too, David. Yeah, you might say. You might say one of those again tonight at the other end of the ice. Marc-Andre Fleury that Chicago got for free uh, shortly after they opened up the cap space in the trade that wasn't for free. Uh, And Marc-Andre Fleury was brilliant in tonight's game and and a big, big, big part of the reason why Chicago won. But you make a good point. Chicago is uh, uh, 17 wins. Uh, Thirty losses. They came into this game, lost eight of their last nine games. And they came out like looking like the 1977 Montreal Canadiens in the first period, and the Oilers had no answers.
0: No, Bruce. They can't shut. They don't know. How, it seems like they don't Anybody. know how to play defense. Yeah, they just constantly give up five alarm shots. You know, two on one rushes, odd man rushes. I mean, after last night's game so many odd man rushes, but tonight it was just as bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Two good things, two bad things, two numbers. What is your good thing?
1: Okay. Well, I'm tempted to say that I didn't have to pay for the mm-hmm. game tonight. My mini pack that I've been buying tickets for this year, the last two games I've seen the Oilers getting beaten down 4 one by Minnesota and six, nothing by Florida, but at least tonight I only had to watch it for free on television. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to pick out uh, as my uh, silver lining, faintest silver lining, good thing, the play of Warren Fogle, uh, who played uh, on a third line with Ryan McLeod and, yes, a of three strapping young fellows who uh, uh, carried the play. They didn't produce any goals, of course. The Oilers didn't produce any goals at five on five, and those guys weren't getting a snip of the power play. But Fogel in his 15 minutes produced... Uh, Five shots on net, including two high danger shots, according to uh, uh, Natural Statric, and also had five hits. And he had just incredible shot shares 22 shot attempts to four uh, while he was on the ice tonight, 18 to two for Puli Arby, and uh, 19 to five for Ryan McLeod. So I think maybe they were getting slightly sheltered minutes, but uh, they certainly played out there. Part of the game with a so I didn't like Pauly Arby's game, line.
0: honestly. I didn't yeah. like Pauly Arby's game. Like they maybe they had lots of shots, but they weren't very many good ones, and he wasn't involved in them. Fogel. He was, had no that, shots on net. That, that no, was Fogle. Yeah, yeah.
1: Fogle was the best yeah. of the
0: three for sure. Yeah. Um, but I did like Fogle too, Bruce. I thought Fogle was he led the team with five hits and and uh, just was physical player and effective player. My good thing was the orders power play. Four power plays. They had nine grade A shots of their 20 came on the power play. Um most of those came on one brilliant power play in the second period where they where they scored their goal. Um, and um I really I, I liked Evan Bouchard's work at the point. I thought he made a number of sound, smart decisions uh on the power play. Um one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Six of the nine came on in, on that one power play. Six great a shots on one power play, where they mm-hmm. ever zip it around. So the, the the shooters were dry. The, uh, were Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, Kane, 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 and then Drysaddle on the goal. And that was a great, um, just a fantastic passing play that leads up to uh, uh, Drysaddle's goal with with Nuj hitting McDavid, then McDavid going again cross making a seam pass over to Kane, who fails on the tap-in, just barely, and settle of course, slams at home. So, um, that was good to see. I mean, didn't make up for the fact that Chicago not get two power play goals. So, the orders were still outdone on uh, special teams in this game because their penalty kill couldn't get it done. But, um, power play looked good. They they changed it up a little bit. And, and, and again, I think Bouchard is um the right guy to have out out there so, uh he's got that shot and they they need that shot from the point it's a better shot than tyson berry shot so
1: he hammered one into a guy's shin pads in a similar manner as barry last night but it didn't at least take that kind of favorable argo bounce for the other team like last night's did where went right into his breakaway territory mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, uh I mean, they did produce shots, and as you say, they got one goal on the, on the power play, but they lost the special teams battle again. Uh, I guess out of a plethora of potential bad things, I'll pick penalty kill. Uh, that went two for four tonight, uh, only because the fourth one was a 17-second uh, penalty and deep in garbage time uh, in the you know dying seconds of the game. And even in those 17 seconds, they gave up one hammer of a shot off a lost faceoff. off Three penalty power plays they did get, uh, and and both of these goals were killers. One was the one nothing goal in the second minute of the game. Uh, the Oilers hit the inside of the post. Nugent Hopkins tripped the guy going for the, for the puck. Penalty kill, couldn't even keep it out for 30 seconds. It was... And then that one cross-seam pass, to me, it looked like it beat all four guys. I guess three, technically. Ryan was kind of near the source of the pass. And went right by Shore, uh, Keith, and CeCe, right across the Royal Road, all the way across from Patrick Kane, who made a great pass, to Alex Dobrynkat, who made a great shot to bury it from the other side, and just like that, it's one nothing down, and you're thinking, geez, last night we never scored at all, and it's already one nothing. and, of course, within another minute, it was 2 nothing, and that was effectively the ball game. And then, you know, they got it to 2-1 with a pretty good second period, and you think, come on, in the third, it could be good in the third, and first minute, Dreisaitl takes a kind of iffy interference penalty, and again, the PK, just total fail, 20 seconds, puck in net. And you know you need a you need a big effort there, and uh, they just uh, 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 the penalty kill has been horrific for uh, uh, for months. At this point, you know, two months. So and and so they're uh,
0: part of their shoddy defense. Hey, eh? they can't get it done there either.
1: Well, no, they can't get a save on the PK, and the, you know, and they keep giving up the you know cross seam pass when you when you're allowing these high skilled players. Lanes to make plays like that. They're going to make plays in this league, even on a team like Chicago. You know, eighty-eight yeah. to twelve, and it was in the back of that man. Alex DeBrinket had a great game tonight.
0: So That's my bad thing for
1: I've... a different reason. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> these old pains and grievances, these old, old draft grievances picks
1: that could have been. You know, he yeah, was right there. Yeah. He was That's right always a little bit
0: dicey. I always he find right right lots of teams could have. There. Lots of teams could have had Alex Brinkett. Not just oh yeah. So it's not yeah, a particular was, Oilers foible I mean that's a league wide foible
1: was Some right people there, wear And he was Bruce, Connor McDavid's was old teammate he, They yeah. knew who he was They should have talked to their star player They should have done it differently Maybe Anyways. they did, Maybe they did. Um, well, he's Bruce bad
0: some, some people wear that like That's a particular Oilers mistake That is not a particular Oilers mistake That's league wide scouting All those teams could have taken him
1: yeah. And they all passed Yep. So other teams made mistakes too, don't get me wrong. But that that's that Friday night when there was orders had the second pick on Saturday morning and he was still on the board, a lot of people were saying, Hey, look at that guy. Anyway, we got to look at him tonight, didn't we?
0: Yeah. The orders PK, I was gonna take that first goal as my bad thing, but you've dealt with that, I think. Okay, sorry. That's okay. There's lots of w-
1: other bad things, David. Yeah,
0: that was the worst. That cross seam pass through those three guys because all of them were a little bit out of position. Keith and Cece got kind of sucked into the corner, opening up the seam for Patrick Kane. And right, Devonshire was just you know not down low enough to stop the pass. It was just it was just not good. Um, I'll go with the second goal then, and and it was a three on two. Like, come on! They gave up a two on one in the first. Twenty seconds of the game, and then another odd man rush. It's, it's like, what is going? What is going on? Um, um, that's a, that's a line from anyway from a reality TV show, um, Joe Schmo. So on that particular play, Tyson Berry gets caught up ice. Tyson Berry, come on, man. And Zach Cassian doesn't come back hard enough on the back check. It's a three on two, and it goes through Cassian, you know, through Cassian over, and and, um, and a great shot. But what is with the Oilers? All these odd man rushes. This is just decision making. This is like players misreading the play, and it's happening again and again and again. This is total 1980s hockey. Um, with a team that doesn't have 1980 scoring on it right now.
1: Minus the winning.
0: Yeah, minus the winning and minus the goaltending. Yeah. So I'll go. I'll go with that second goal, which was just another was sp- game
1: winner, David. Two minutes and 47 seconds into the game, Chicago already had what proved to be an insurmountable lead.
0: Stinkeroo. What's your number, Bruce?
1: Well, I got some numbers, and they're all they're all kind of related. There, this is Edmonton's record um, at home in the last while. When you know it, Twitter just went wild on me. They they were nine one and zero in their first ten games, and in their last twelve home games, home games over a period of over two months, uh, that. Uh, This is a product that they're selling, 3-9-0, 2-9-1 in regulation, 23 goals for, 47 goals against. They've been outscored by more than a 2-1 ratio on their home ice for two months of the National Hockey League season. So, and breaking it down, in those 12 games, uh, twice they got shut out, five times they got one goal, like tonight, twice they got all the way up to two and then three games they scored as many as three goals at the other end of the sheet they've given up four to six goals on seven occasions three goals on three more two goals on the other two and never once have they held a team to zero or one like it's it's 2007 like what's going on they're just getting smeared and they you know their home ice this is Last night was the fourth time this year they've lost a the game by four goals, and they've all been at home. You know, like traditionally teams do better at home than they do at the road. Well, this is not a traditional team in that sense. Unfortunately, it's been the Oilers for a long time that they've struggled mm. on their home ice. What's going on?
0: So that's a that's What's a famous line. There was a there was a reality TV show called Joe Schmo. And in the show bruce they had this you know typically in reality tv shows they make try to put you in humiliating situations and they made the guests try to this one they were is like one of these things where you have to eat something horrible some kind of horrible thing each contestant has to eat something horrible and what they the whole joke for joe schmo was he was the one everyone else in this reality tv show was an actor and he was the only one who was a real contestant he didn't know that so they gave the other actors terrible things to eat and they serve something to him and he opens it up and he looks at it and he and he says what is it and they they say it's dog shit uh-huh. and Joe goes what's going on <laughs> Bruce we are being served up dog shit right uh-huh. now by the orders and we are asking the same question yeah. um, okay my number is um six so between Evander Kane Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. In total, those four really strong offensive hockey players made six total major contributions to grade-A shots between them at even strength. McDavid usually, like at the start of the year, McDavid was averaging six per game himself for the first 20 games, six a game. So between the four of them, they got six. Kane was in on two. McDavid was in on three, to give him credit. Drysaddle was in on zero. Nugent Hopkins was in on one. You are not winning hockey games when your superstar players at even strength are getting thwarted against the mighty defensive juggernaut of the Chicago Blackhawks, mind you. Um, getting thwarted, create this isn't and this isn't being thwarted by the goalie. This is an inability to create grade-A shots that we saw from these players tonight and um there's no chemistry on any line
1: Doesn't there is seem no
0: to be. there is right now there is no chemistry on any single oilers line and uh you know perhaps to be expected with Kane new to town and they're trying to figure things out but you can even put mcdavid and dry out there now and there's no chemistry it's just
1: no that last night they did and the first thing they that? did was get scored on like right away what is it um our our
0: uh Ira Cooper, our Cult of Hockey mm-hmm. contributor from Calgary, mm-hmm. he, um, I think he pointed out that in since the start of the year, McDavid's been averaging, what,
1: 1.22 points per game? Was that it? Per Something 60. Like that. Points per 60 at even oh, strength. Points per 60. Yeah, like that's really Ooh. bad. Like that's a fourth line Really? Storm that was... Rate. that was Per 60. Per 60. Oh. And he got, he got another big goose egg at even strength tonight, so that number will have gone down to uh, somewhere oh. below 1.2 points per 60.
0: That's fourth Which, line scoring.
1: Yeah. I mean, I put that in perspective, Devin Shore for the year is game. at 1.4. <laughs> so yeah. he's been scoring at sub-Devin Shore rates for, the, for all of 2022. Like his, I, I don't know, I mean, he's still making some plays, but there's no magic. And when there is magic like the beautiful pass he threaded through to Zach Hyman in the game's first minute tonight. And Hyman rang up the inside of the goal post and it came right across and out between Flurry and the other post. Drysaddle did the same thing in the second period. And, you know, I mean, it's all puck luck thing again, but you know what? Who You know who talks about puck luck the most? Losers. Yeah. Because they're thinking about what went wrong and why they didn't win. And the winners are. Usually I mean if they get puck luck or even if they don't well they still won so they're happy. Well, whereas we're left to say, well that one hit the inside of the post and anyway they didn't score and they ain't scoring. I mean, they are not seven Bruce. goals games with one or zero goals in out of 12 home games.
0: So thank like, you Ira for pointing that out. That's a great that's a great stat from Ira. And um mm. It's a distressing stat for Oilers fans. One point two two or whatever it was, close to that, yes. per sixty, per sixty minutes. Of, so that's like four games of even strength time. Um, sixty minutes of even strength. So, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Triple ouch. Quadruple ouch.
1: Ugh, Bruce. Yeah, anyway, yeah, the, the magic just has gone. I mean, McDavid has eight points in his last twelve games and normally he would have what 18 points in that time yeah i guess no so nine well, we don't 12. know he he, he did, did get, get covid it. in
0: there he got covid in he did. there right so, he did. so again we may be seeing the after effects of of a we bad bad cold that he had right like mm-hmm. might have really wiped him out um we don't know we don't know what's going on so um but he he doesn't does he see him himself Oh, no, I don't seem, think he does. Does he seem, he doesn't seem quite as explosive? Is it fair to say, Bruce? Yes. Is that what, is that what it is? I, I think so. Uh, banged up. Maybe he's banged up. We well, don't know.
1: Well, or he, his, his little bursts are little bursts and, and they don't necessarily, um, you know, extend to, you know, shifts on end or even end to end of, of a shift. It's, it's things here and there, but uh, the, uh the level of dominance that uh, you might expect from a generational player, which he undoubtedly is, uh, you expect that guy to rise up once in a while and flat out win you a game. Well, that hasn't happened for a long time and it doesn't appear to be in much danger of happening. And, you know, it's just uh, it's frustrating, and it's surprising, and, and, and like you say, who knows what's going on behind the scenes. There was whispers on ESPN that he had some kind of knee issue that, uh, uh, that uh, might have affected his participation in the All-Star game. It didn't. He went. He played. Didn't do much there either, but who cares, uh, <laughs> honestly. But uh, uh, he's... Um, uh, I haven't watched
0: I think, an All-Star of
1: game since I was... Kid. Think of the level of hockey that he was playing last year when he was routinely racking up multi-point games. Or even this year, he started out with seven games in a row of two-plus points. And I think so far this series had one game where he got two assists on the power play, and one of them was a secondary assist. And otherwise, it's been one or zero. And it's just there's none of this sort of bumps of you know, three, four-point games that you expect from time to time. They just have not been happening and that's not that he's not trying i mean you can see that he's 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 putting out and and teams are checking him. they're frustrating him they're getting in the way they're layering up on him they're pushing him to the outside uh, and into the corners and his you know his passes are not being converted i mean tonight the power play secondary assist he got on the power play night that was his first apple in six games this is a guy who's led the league in assists. What three different times now? He had five games in a row with zero assists.
0: Oh. it's listen. Oh. It's usually a, it's we know from watching hockey all these years. It's usually some kind of little injury or bigger bigger injury that a player is playing with. So hmm. we we you know uh, that's just of course speculation, but right. That's usually issue, what it is.
1: Health issue of some description, and I'm, some. I'm frankly yeah. get, becoming concerned. Yeah, well, those numbers merit concern. I mean, one <laughs> per 60. And the Oilers are not the same team without him playing at a very high level. I mean, we've come to expect that. Yeah. And without same that, kid. I mean, this team is, you know, paper thin. Uh,
0: I don't know what they're going to do. Now, Keith might be out. Did we hear anything more from him?
1: No, Keith and Cassian both left this game. Uh, uh, with shots to the head, Keith went... Uh, careening into the boards in a similar but faster manner that Patrick, uh, Patrice Bergeron did, where he sort of stumbled and fell into the boards and his head came back and his head back, his head hit the boards with the whiplash effect. And Bergeron, we know, is concussed and is missing tomorrow's game. To my eye, Keith hit harder. Of course, every head is different, every collision has its own specific physics. But, uh, if if he, you know, he missed all of the rest of tonight's game which was the last two periods plus, and and um, we don't know, going forward And casting, he took a deflected shot right in the noggin, and and he got up and skated off and then came back to the bench, but I don't, I'm not sure he ever got back in the lineup and he didn't play in the third period, so two people down in addition to the, the, another beating. <laughs> By Rocky Wirtz's team, team. just walked into Edmonton, stomped the R's. That one's pretty hard to take, Say, Would you have played Skinner? Yes, 100%. If you're going to play Smith two out of three, I mean, the question to me was, Skinner plays well tonight, does he get to start on Friday to Smith? But either way, you've got Smith with, you know, a couple days off, Friday. A couple more days built into the schedule. Then there's a game Monday. Maybe even go with him Tuesday, Friday, Monday. To come back with him Tuesday, Wednesday, when he hasn't played for over a month, when he's played like seven games all season. So dating all the way back to, what, May when the playoffs were? He's played like seven games in eight months. Now he's ready to play back-to-back. He gave in four on 28 shots last night, and he gave in four on 30 shots tonight. And I'm not blaming Mike Smith for this loss, like many are. He faced a lot of very tough s- shots. Uh, the two goals, the early goals, I mean, I'm not sure how you keep those out, to be honest. Um, and after that, I mean, the who's on TV. I know some raving about his saves and not ever saying anything when he that's one in, it seems like. but but I would not blame Mike Smith for this loss. Uh, and I guess he went to the coach and said, I got, you know, I got to get my game back. I want, really want this game. Well, he really wanted this game. And by the 2.47 mark of the first period, it was 0-2 again. 0-2, how'd that happen? You know, somebody made a meme out of me saying that on a previous podcast. So often the audience are looking up at the scoreboard and the early going and it's already 0-2 down. And there it was again. Nine times in those 12 home games, they trailed 2-0. Nine out of 12, they trailed 2-0. And 11 out of 12, they trail one nothing. Like, they're, they're never ready. This game was a 6 o'clock start. I was worried. But maybe they won't show up till the third period. <laughs> it did,
0: uh, I mean, it does, you know, you can say it smacks of a certain amount of desperation to go back to Smith in this game. Um, I don't, again, you know, these are interpersonal things on a certain level, too, and Mm -hmm. uh, The coach has a certain trust in the player. Um, They know they need this guy to come through. They know they need Mike Smith. Mm -hmm. If they're going to get through this, they need him to to be Mike Smith. So they're going to treat him like Mike Smith, I guess, and put him in the nets. So I understand that. And Uh um, I'm not as convinced it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. It was certainly a gamble. And you can also see the coach engaged in maybe wishful thinking that maybe the mike smith who was 35 or 28 30 28 could do that but the 40 year old 39 year old mike smith maybe the coach says he rolls with the you know the punches and he like rolls with change understands change and says no you're not says to mike you're not 33 anymore you're but then you don't want to just dist- you know confidence is a funny thing so it's these are tricky decisions Generally speaking, I think it goes with veteran players. I mean, the player that I think the orders took instead of Alex DeBrinket Todd Benson. Um, nope. Is that who they took? Definitely. He was not in the lineup. He wasn't in the lineup, and um, he should be. He gives he gives the, the team some some energy and some spunk. Like he he's an energy player. Um, but coach likes his veterans, so you know Devon Shore gets in for another kind of ineffectual game, uh, and Derek Ryan and. And that whole gang. I mean, I've been saying this forever. Yes, Apula should be on the PK. He's not gonna do any worse than Devon Shore or Derek Ryan. And now that he's not if he's not gonna be on the power play, um, you know, get him some ice time. Get him out there. Get this white guy rolling. Not,
1: and, like, not uh, like they're rolling along, uh, winning games and protecting leads all the time that they have to be uber careful. I mean no, Darnell, Darnell Nurse played twenty-nine fifty-nine tonight in a game that was in, you know, it's clearly over halfway through the third period. And obviously Keith was hurt, so he played extra minutes. William Lagerson played thirteen minutes tonight, even with a short bench, and even though he absolutely dominated shot chairs by eighteen to five on his Bruce, watch, he wasn't but he, perfect, but you I, know well, he got beat on one play. He got beat and on a lot left. of play. He wasn't alone.
0: Bruce, he got beat on a lot of plays, according to my count. Like, he was out okay. for, he was made major mistakes on five grade-A shots against. Oh. Not one contribution to a grade-A shot for. So, I, shot shares, I mean, they go, so, they could be misleading. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep.
0: And I'm going to suggest I'll, they were
1: that.
0: in terms of Lagoson
1: tonight. All right. What do we anyway, got next? He, they didn't give him extra ice time on a game when they were losing, uh, running out of time and they were down a defenseman, and they got a young guy sitting on the bench. And I guess that's more my larger point. And as for Mike Smith, I did hear one thing tonight that I liked uh, from Smith, and, and some people said he gave one of his teammates a stink eye after he stopped, a, made a big save. But I heard him giving a teammate crap, and it was Tyson Berry, and he came out, Smith came out to play a puck, and uh, he was just inside the, Trapezoid and, and Barry was sort of behind him and not really doing anything. And, and Smith was yelling, Tyson, where are you? And then after after they lost the puck in Chicago, he, come on. And he started, to, you know, sort of giving him hell. You know what? I think maybe the Order's Demon need some of that, some tough love in terms of telling them what to do to get organized because they're as disorganized as you can possibly imagine right now.
0: Well, maybe that's why they go with Smith. You know he he is. I, I think he is there. Honestly, I think he's their captain. Like when he's when he's playing, when he's on the ice, he's the captain of this team. He's the guy that that, that makes them go. So hopefully, he can get his game together. Hopefully, he's healthy because if he's healthy, he can still play well. I mean, he hasn't been terrible in these games. I don't think um, tonight he. I gave him a five out of ten. Connect. He made some great saves tonight and. Um, you know, Mike Jack Michaels focused on the. You know, he's keeping. He's not allowing that third goal. He's giving Edmonton a chance to stay. That was completely correct. He gave Edmonton, and actually, the Oilers, they had tons of great a shots in the second period. They could have come back, but mm-hmm. Mark Mark Andre Fleury was that much better. I thought we had traded for him already, but uh, I guess not. All
1: right, let's I don't see. think Vegas. You know, it's all. You know, I don't think Vegas would have sent him to a divisional rival. They wanted to send them to no, the No, I mean, state. I thought Chicago Florida. traded them to us. Ah, that, that was the room yes. That
0: to go. All right, Bruce, All right. Uh, who do we got next? Friday night?
1: New York Islanders on Friday night to end another remarkable homestand. Uh, so, I mean, will state the obvious. I got to turn this one around quick. This two-game losing streak can't possibly extend to be a five-gamer uh, like the previous two did. Uh, And, you know, they're running out of racetrack here. Uh, And, you know, they're already in the second half of the season. They're trying to play from behind. And their biggest advantage is games in hand. Well, those are only any good if you win them. At least get points out of them. Two home games, one for, eight against. Yeah. All right. Thanks for talking tonight, Bruce. Yeah, thanks for listening to our rants, everyone.
0: And in the meantime... And in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.